Hey everybody, welcome back to the Orchard Podcast, where we help you make a positive and sustainable impact for Christ in the places of greatest need in our world. It is so good to be back with you all uh, today and to have you listening in. My name is Brian, and I'm the executive pastor of Orchard Africa, and I'm here with the CEO of Orchard Africa, Michelle. Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to jump right in, and uh, Michelle, I, I wanted to pick your brain. You've been serving this ministry for, I, th- I think it's 33, 34 years now. That's a long time to serve in one direction, and over the course of three decades, you've seen generational change, and that takes um, perseverance and endurance to be able to keep moving forward despite challenges despite things not working out the way that you'd hoped, trying again um, and facing challenges. Uh, you've been through pandemics. You've been through, there's, there's just a whole story that, and here's my question. How, how did you keep moving forward um, to lo- keep moving forward long enough to experience that kind of generational change now that we see 33 years later? Yes, you know, it's, um, it's difficult for me to realize that it's been over three decades because it's really been a day-to-day putting one foot forward and the next foot forward. It's a, a case of following uh, the heart of God on a day-to-day basis. Um, certainly we've had five-year plans and mm-hmm. we've uh, thought about the future, but I never set out to have a three-decade-long ministry. <laughs> I set out to feed some hungry kids, <laughs> Yeah, we are 33 years later, uh, doing a lot more than feeding hungry children, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. actually in the same direction, which is after the heart of God, mm-hmm. that God so loves this world. and. Um, he leads us in his love for humanity and in just listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and knowing the importance of the Spirit working in our inner being and leading us um, has led to this phrase that I just so love, a long obedience Mm. in the same direction. Uh, It was not a 30-year plan by any means, Mm. but it was it was this case of my calling finding me uh, in that obedient, obedience, in that uh, willingness to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and to follow, um, and being willing to be formed by love, uh, love for humanity, love for the most vulnerable amongst us. Um, I imagine there must have been days where you thought, this is too hard or yeah. uh, how are we going to solve this problem? And, and yet you didn't give up. There were, there were days when certainly I felt like giving up, um, especially in the early days of the AIDS pandemic. It was hard. It was hard because people were dying daily. And in the villages where we would work, uh, Typically in those villages and in uh, most villages, the burial place for people were on the outskirts Mm. of the village. Mm. 
But so many people were dying and there were so many graves being dug that I remember walking around in this one village where the, the, the grave that was being dug for the burial that was going to take place that weekend was probably, and I'm not exaggerating, 10 feet away from somebody's house. Mm. The entire village had become a burial place mm. where it was no longer on the outskirts, but it was in their backyard mm. that there were so many people dying. And that was hard. Mm. It was terribly hard to minister um, in a home-based care situation where we went into homes and we were ministering to those that were dying and we knew they were dying. There was no antiretrovirals, so there was no cure, mm. uh, and people were dying horrible in horrible ways, um, it was hard. In times when I'd go home at night and just, just weep. Mm. Um, it was hard on our pastors. I could see the toll it was taking on them. I, I remember Pastor Victor calling me once and saying the patient he took to hospital died in his car mm. on the way. Um, it, it's hard under those circumstances. And I think I learned early on, because we were re really thrown in the deep end. There mm. was this AIDS mm. pandemic, there mm. were these orphan children, mm. there were these hungry people. We had no time to stop and think, we had to get involved. And I think I learned very early on that the, the only way I was going to survive this was allowing the spirit to work in my inner being. Mm. Um, maturing my inner being. Mm. working on my myself inside of me, mm -hmm. not working out of my mind and my brain and my intelligence and even sometimes not even working out of my physical strength because mm -hmm. it got very mm -hmm. tiring physically. And you know, at the time I was also raising my two little children. Mm. They were young kids. Uh, so they took a lot of my time. So to find the ability to get up the next morning and take mm -hmm. care of my children and raise them in, in a godly way, but at the same time think about these hundreds and thousands mm. of children um, that were orphaned, mm. the parents that were dying, and how are we going to respond, where are we going to find the resources. It mm. truly, I think, helped me to discipline myself mm. um, in allowing the spirit to build mm -hmm. my inner being. Mm -hmm. As I just picture what you're describing as a young mom, raising little kids and tackling this incredible humanitarian crisis and equipping churches to do that, that there comes a point where you're, you run out of yes. strength. You run out of energy, ideas, uh, resources, material things, money, and... And yet, the call and the mandate of Christ is to continue to endure. And so, as I hear your story, I know people listening to this podcast um, and church leaders around the world uh, find themselves in similar situations where the, the need is great, the challenges seem sometimes all-consuming, and they're wondering, can I... Can I keep going? And you mentioned the focusing in on developing that inner part of who you are and that that's your, 
your source, your resource base. And so today we want us to take a little time to talk about what does it take to endure long enough to bring long-term change? What does it take to be um, ready to keep moving forward each and every day you get up in the morning and, and have a ministry that's sustainable long-term? And we've been looking at Ephesians 3. We, uh, we're right at the point where Paul is praying. And Paul is a kind of person you want him to pray for you. He prays pretty oh, yeah. intense, yeah. amazing prayers. Yeah, and... there's some people when they say, Let's, let, let me pray for you, and you're like, this is <laughs> going to take a long time. But he prays very succinctly, yeah. but right um, to the point uh, yes. of, of things. Yes. So um, let's, let's look at that. Yeah. Let do, me... you want, do you want to read that? Yes, this Michelle? is a portion of scripture yeah. I think we, we want to look at today. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Mm. Uh, just a, an incredible prayer. This mm. It mm. truly is an incredible prayer that um, he prays for us. And he talks about that inner being right, yes, right there that you, right. you brought up. Uh, so let's start at the top. So I pray that out of his glorious riches, that's an interesting phrase that points to a, an energy source, a power source, a resource base that, uh, that he calls the, gl the glorious riches. Yes. Which I think is in contrast to kind of what you, you, you shared, that sometimes we don't have enough physical strength. Yeah. We don't have enough energy, uh, ideas. There are lots of times we didn't have enough money. We, you no, know, mm. All these children need to be fed. and uh, It's not those kind of riches yeah. that he's talking about. Yeah, it's not the riches from our bank account or the riches from our 401k or no. the riches from our real estate. Right. Those Though, riches help sometimes. The, they help. But it's they're good to not, have them. They're not what's going to sustain us. Long term. Yeah. Uh -uh. yeah. It's his glorious riches in our inner being. And it makes me think about the fact that we were ministering in very vulnerable communities, not only vulnerable because of the poverty, but vulnerable because of the deaths that were happening and uh, that middle generation that was dying and leaving children and the elderly, both of whom are already vulnerable, mm. even more so. And yet, in those circumstances, we saw those people reaching into the glorious riches of Christ. Mm. Um, these glorious riches are not only available to those of us who are affluent or those of us who have all the right knowledge or have been to the right schools. Or mm -hmm. it's, it's not a physical material riches. There's this deep richness in Christ that even the most poor amongst us, even the most vulnerable, the most vulnerable of grandmothers who had maybe 10 little grandchildren mm -hmm. that were now looking to her to feed them, she, mm -hmm. I would watch and see her tap into the strength, that, that glorious riches and her inner being being um, uh, strengthened as she tapped into that glorious riches that, that Paul talks about here, that he prays, I pray that out of his, Christ's glorious riches, mm. we may be strengthened. Mm. Yeah, there's so many times where I've been with a mission team and we're in a community and there's a person like you described mm. where 
her, her inner being is overflowing with riches. Yes. And yet her surroundings are so poor. Finding that uh, there's a, maybe a spiritual poverty that mm. they have, that this other person with yes. their overflowing richness mm. in, inspires them, encourages them. Yes, I think you're right there. I like the words that you use there, that uh, there is a spiritual uh, poverty that sometimes those, those of us who have physical abundance, don't, mm. we don't recognize the spiritual poverty that we're living in. Um, mm. But as you said, some people that are living in true uh, physical poverty have this rich mm. spiritual encounter with Christ. I'm thinking just this very morning, uh, we were with our Women's Empowerment Program. Mm. Uh, some of the alumni were gathered and one of the women who, were, who was a participant and an alumni got up and prayed for us, mm. Brian, you mm, and I, yeah. and uh, for Mike. And it, it, it was such a blessing because she prayed out of this inner mm. strength. There mm. was, it was a wonderful prayer that she prayed for mm. us. Mm. Um, that it really touched me mm. is that I know her story. I know uh, the difficult circumstances that she's in and what the woman's empowerment ministry means and means to her. And yet, despite that, there's this, this um, inner being riches. that mm. she uh, has filled with this glorious riches. And it was such a special prayer. Mm. I don't know if you yes. thought so. Yes. She was praying mm. From, mm. from a place that mm. really meant a lot to her. And truly, like blessing us with an abundance of what she she had, which was lovely. Mm -hmm. Well, let me let me ask us a couple questions mm. uh, about our inner being. Uh, so the first one is, what what are the signs that our inner being is weak? And then, what does it look like when our inner being is strong? Yeah, that's good. Um, and since I asked the question, I'll go first. Okay. Um, I, I know for me, when my, when my inner bank is low on funds, uh, mm -hmm. I find that uh, instead of trusting in God, I'm constantly in my head trying to solve a certain issue or trying to resolve a, a certain thing. And uh, I find that I live more in the past and in the future than in the present moment as I'm reflecting on what could have been better in the mm -hmm. past or how I could have handled that differently or mm -hmm. anxious about the future when my inner being isn't as rich as it should be. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I find that being in the present is is harder, and I, I find that I'm less is less likely to see people or to see moments. Uh, I think when that inner bank is low on funds, we start to turn inward and are unable to see around us yeah, I think that's as good. as easily uh, and. Uh, when uh, well, let's just let's just stop there. So, what is it for you? How do you know your 
inner being is, is weak. Is weak. I, I think definitely it's when I start feeling anxious. Um, anxious, and I think you described it maybe about the past where I rerun things in my head and mm. it's a, one of those if onlys. If only I had done that and not that mm. and I get anxious about the choices or the way I d did things or I become anxious about the future mm. or even anxious about the present. You know, there's this real sense of anxiety that hangs around me. Um, and for me, that's a sure indication when I'm starting to feel that way mm. that I need to do something. Um, I need to fill my mm, inner bank, mm. to use your phrase. And uh, I think it's important that we maybe even discuss, well, what does it take mm. to fill that inner bank? I mean, where do we go to? Uh, mm. How do I do that? Mm. Um, what do you do when you find yourself low? What, what do you do to build mm. yourself up? Yeah. For me, it's a change of mindset. For me, it's a lot about what I think and what I focus in on. And do I feed the anxiety mm -hmm. by thinking about it more and processing it more? Or do I, well, as uh, scriptures say, think, think on those things which are pure mm -hmm. and true and good and feed that and focus my attention on who God is and his character and what he can do and start to gain perspective on what's most important and to pray. Mm. And, but it, it, I think for me, it takes me changing the way I'm thinking. Yeah. For me, it's a matter of finding a quiet space and I'll go for a walk in nature if I can. Get outside and go for mm -hmm. a walk by myself. That helps me tremendously. Uh, just to be out of mm. my circumstances and walking outside and listening to the birds and mm. reminding myself that God provided for that sparrow and he will provide in this circumstance and feeding uh, my inner being with peace, uh, which mm. I find in, in nature or... Um, being quiet, reading the Psalms helps me. Finding mm -hmm. a quiet spot in the house. If it's at night and I'm anxious, I will read the Psalms. Um, if I find myself lying in bed and I'm, I'm mm -hmm. just turning and churning about things, I will just start reciting one of the Psalms. Mm -hmm. um, if, I, I, if I need to know a solution in, in this ministry and people who are listening and that uh, wonder, well, how do we find solutions? I love to recite Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, mm. nor uh, stands in the way of the wicked, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Mm. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And mm. I'll just, and he's mm. like a, a tree planted mm. by rivers of water. And it, it brings so much comfort to me to say that I'm not looking to the wicked for my answer. I'm not looking to the world for mm. my mm. answer. I'm not going to do things the way the world does things. I'm going to look to the Lord and mm. uh, meditate on his law and his ways and uh, this inner being, the glorious riches of Christ. Um, and I, I'll build my spirit 
by mm -hmm. reciting scripture to myself. Um, and that has an amazing way of calming me mm. and building up my inner, mm. inner being. Certainly scripture is going to do that. Mm. Mm. It matters how I start my day mm. and what I tell myself as I start my day. Yes. So, so some of the things that I say to myself as I'm starting my day is um, let the journey do its work. I like that. Explain. That uh, God is at work on the path. He's at work in the mm. process and on the journey. And even in the midst of the roadblocks or the challenges, mm. God is using the journey to complete his yeah. plan in me and uh, in the work that we do. And so letting the journey mm. do what only the journey can do. And sometimes it's through... What is, what's the Psalm 23, the, the shadow of darkness? <laughs> yes, the shadow. Uh, that yeah. God forms us into the person that we need to be yeah. to accomplish his plan. Yeah. And, and sometimes that inner being is strengthened in the dark times. Mm. And that's the only way it will get strengthened is through those uh, anxious times. Mm. But you know that the darkness is not what rules. It's God's light in mm. your life that mm. actually mm. rules even when it seems dark. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I tell myself, um, life is short. Yeah. <laughs> and how much time do you want to spend being anxious? And yes. now uh, in my 40s, I'm, I'm starting to learn that... I've had enough experiences where I can look back and say, I wasted all that energy worrying. And it, where did God it get worked you? it out. Yeah. You know, it yeah. wasn't perfect, but God saw us through it. Mm. And to be able to say, let's right. make the most mm. of the time that we have with the people that we have and the influence that we have. So, yeah, I think what I'm hearing you say is that you're basically talking to your inner being mm. uh, and, and talking to yourself about God's word and his promises mm. and building yourself up by remembering the things he's done for mm. you mm. and uh, what his word says and what the spirit brings to your mm. mind. Mm. That's mm. lovely. So what does it feel like? How do you recognize when you're strong, when your inner being is strong? We spoke about how to recognize when we weak, what does it look like for you when you're strong? Uh, when I'm strong, I realize that uh, I, I see the promptings of God more readily. Mm. That I'm able to notice moments that I think uh, when my inner being is weak, I I miss those small moments, mm. those small conversations, and I'm better in tune with those promptings. Uh, you, you mentioned this uh, piece. I feel like my ministry in life, I, I work out of a deeper peace. Mm -hmm. uh, there's less striving and more trusting. Right, so when you're in that place of um, rest, and peace, mm -hmm. you know that your inner being is strong and you recognize that. Mm -hmm. What about for you? When think, is your inner being strong? Yeah, what does that look like? I know that my inner being is strong when I can live with uncertainty. Mm. You know, uh, 
this, this walk with the Lord and this ministry and the things he calls us to do is never certain. There's a lot of uncertainty in what we do. And when I find myself quite happily living with the uncertainty, I know that my spirit is strong. I recognize that. It's when I get anxious with the mm. uncertainty mm. that I realize, wait, you've been pushing too hard. You've been going too long. It's time to stop and, and, and mm. regroup. Mm. Mm. But uh, I think for anybody in ministry, anybody out there who wants to do anything significant, uh, whether it's in ministry or just in your job, there's always going to be uncertainty. Raising mm -hmm. children, there's uncertainty. Being married, there's uncertainty. There's nothing certain mm -hmm. in this world. Mm -hmm. And we have to come to terms with that and learn to live with it. And as you said, just trust. Mm -hmm. Trust mm -hmm. that God knows what he's doing. Trust the journey. Mm -hmm. um, mm. Yeah. Now, I think the response to uncertainty that God gives us is this sense of assurance. God is present, he's at work, and Christian assurance is that peace that passes all human understanding, mm. that deep sense of the glorious riches that mm -hmm. we have access to, and being able to live in that and trust in that, and, uh, and that gives you the momentum to move through the challenges and experience long-term impact in. Uh, I think if we get to this, this point of um, leaning into this glorious riches that we're talking about, um, that builds up our inner being by the Spirit of God. It's the way we get through life. Mm -hmm. Whether we're in full-time ministry or whether we uh, have a career that looks different or, as I said, even just parenting. Mm. Um, it's what gets us through and makes us strong. And uh, certainly when I look at Orchard Africa, it's what brought us to where we are and that I believe will sustain us going forward is imparting that to the next generation. Mm. Um, that it's not by our power, it's not by our might, it's by the Spirit of the Lord. Mm. Um, certainly we bring our, our mind and our yes. body to the task, but that alone is not going to get us mm. where we need to be. It's um, this inner being of ours that constantly needs to be formed in Christ. Uh, just like a child is being formed, our inner mm. being is being mm. formed. Mm. And we need to allow that formation to take place. And that formation is, as you said, the journey. Sometimes mm -hmm. the journey is part of that formation, or most of the time, that's mm -hmm. part of the formation of our inner being in Christ, where we, we become more and more like him, and less and less mm -hmm. like this old anxious person. <laughs> um, yeah. Or we can get stuck. Mm. And just be anxious all the time mm. and, and not allow the journey to strengthen us and change us so that we are conformed to the image of Christ, mm. Mm. which is what will sustain us long term. Long term. Well, Michelle, I think that's a good place to stop and think on those things as you often write as we uh, continue in life and ministry. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this conversation. And uh, we're grateful for you. 
yeah, it's been wonderful having this conversation. I think it's an important one. God bless. Bye-bye.